0: Here's to you, pageant girl. You're a game-changer. You're the underdog. You are the trendsetter. You're the one who speaks up for what you believe in. You build others up when so many others have beat them down. You don't back down in the face of adversity, and you have no respect for the haters. Some people love you. Others hate you. There are those who build you up, those who tear you down because the one thing they'll never do is define who you are because as a group you are united as one you hold each other up with strength and while some may just see you as beauty queens we see you as leaders when the lights go out and the crown comes off you'll always be proud to say i am a pageant girl
1: Hey, everybody, it's Miss South Carolina USA 2017, Megan Gordon, and you're listening to Life After the Crown with Tim Tealdo. Hey,
0: everybody, welcome to the Life After the Crown podcast, where each episode I bring you useful interviews with former pageant contestants, title holders and women of influence who are now succeeding across many different industries in the real world my name is tim tialdo lifestyle entrepreneur pageant host author and quite honestly somebody who just wants to help you become a better person overall now if pageant life is over for you or it soon could be and you're wondering well what do i do now or what's next this podcast is designed to help make the transition to real life and the school of hard knocks a little bit easier for you to handle so if this is your first time listening thanks for tuning in we're glad you're with us today let's get started Today's guest is a 24-year-old graduate of Armstrong State University. She began her pageant career at the age of 14 and has held several titles, including Miss Collegiate America 2014, Miss South Carolina USA 2017, and last year, placed in the top five at Miss USA. Through pageantry, modeling doors have been opened to her, allowing her to be featured in magazines and work with some amazing companies. But not too long ago, she realized her purpose was to serve others and be a voice for those in need. This, coupled with her love for children, drove her to graduate school with a bachelor's of nursing degree specializing in pediatrics, and soon became an advocate for children with cancer and blood disorders. I've had the distinct honor of working with her in preparation for Miss USA, and she's become a good friend and a great sounding board, by the way, for me in the pageant community. Megan Gordon, so glad to finally have you on the podcast. Welcome.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. What an honor.
0: Oh, well, you're welcome. You're welcome. Well, hey, we've been through a lot. And uh, let's just go ahead and go back to last year because you had high hopes going into (laughs) Miss USA. You go out there, you compete on national TV, you do awesome, you get into the top five. And I think a lot of people wonder, what is it like in that situation to answer a tough question? I think yours was on uh, some sort of suicide prevention in, in that case in front of millions of people.
1: Yeah, you know, it's one of those things like you can't solve the world in 30 seconds. (laughs) Um, And I think think in my mind, I tried to like, and I think that's kind of why I stumbled a little bit on my answer. But I think I thought in my mind, like, I don't want to offend anyone. I really want this to come out the way I'm thinking about it in my head and in my heart. But um, no, placing top five was a huge honor. And it was, it felt surreal because you know, like when you're young, you have these dreams and these aspirations, and to watch Miss USA growing up and then to be on the stage, it's just a completely like almost a fairy tale come true. So it was awesome, um, but you know, you can't answer everything perfectly <laughs> right.
0: What was the moment that you were standing on that stage and you realized I'm here, I'm living, I'm living the moment that I dreamed about?
1: When 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 they when we opened the show, we were we came out to like Michael Jackson, some tribute to him. And they said, all right, let's narrow it down to the top ten. And South Carolina's name was called. In that moment, when I was walking the runway, and I remember from rehearsals, Lou telling us, look at the cameras, look out in the audience, look at your judges. And I did all those things, and I got to the little point where you make a pose, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm here. (laughs) Like, this is happening. (laughs) This is no longer a dream. Like, I have placed, I'm a finalist, and, like, let's do this. So that was the moment for
0: me. <laughs> so you compete at Miss USA, live out a dream, you know, get into that top five. You are seen by millions of people and represent your state. But along with 50 other girls, at the end of the night, you didn't walk away with the crown. So you get okay. on a plane from Vegas and you get ready to head home. What's going through your head at that, at that point?
1: Gosh, okay. So besides the fact that you shed a few tears, <laughs> if yeah. it's something that you really want, um, besides that, I definitely had to have, honestly, a coming-to-Jesus moment, like, okay, God, this is what I had planned. This is what I had in mind. Um, this is what I thought was going to get me ultimately to that next level in life. Clearly, um, you weren't on that same page, <laughs> so please show me what you want me to do. Like, what you know, what are we going to do? Because for me, I had it all planned out. Like, I'm going to win Miss USA, and then I'm probably going to win Miss universe, and then this is going to happen, and then this door is going to open, and then I'm going to get to meet this person, and then I'm good, and then I've arrived. You know what I mean? And God was like, yeah, no. <laughs> like, that's not, you know, like, I still have great plans for you, but that's not how I plan for you to get there. And on that plane ride home, it's like, you know, I was checking in, and I was, I was looking because my parents were with me at that time. And I was just looking at my mom and she could see it on my face. She was like, you did great, but I know you're disappointed. And I was like, well, yeah, you think? I mean, I'm like, so I'm so perplexed. I don't know what's next. Um, And of course, everyone tells you, like, enjoy the rest of your years, Miss South Carolina, you know, enjoy the rest of your reign. And of course you do that. And it was still such an honor to be Miss South Carolina. But it was definitely, um, I don't know, kind of a wake up call. Like, girl, you got to figure out something because what you had planned was not exactly what God had in mind. So honestly, though, I, it, it worked in my favor because it pushed me closer to God. So, <laughs>
0: Well, let me ask you, you. You said you had a plan, and obviously that, that wasn't God's plan, but what was your plan? Because I think a lot of people, just like you, they have a vision in their head of what this thing is going to be if I win.
1: You know, I won't say I had a plan as far as exactly what would happen, but in my heart I felt like I'm going to be Miss USA of course once you become Miss USA the next goal is to be Miss Universe and a lot of Miss Universes go on to be like great models or actresses. It's just kinda like, you know, or influencers, I guess you could say. Um and that's just kinda what it was for me. I was like, okay, great. This is this is awesome. This is the door that's gonna open. And I think God still gave me the platform to influence people, but on a different you know, in a different way. And his plan was just a lot different than what I had written down. But I'm grateful to have done well, but I'm thankful that I got to draw closer to him in that moment and like see what he's really called me to do.
0: <laughs> well, I love to hear kind of you know what that last year has been like. I've talked to girls that have won over the past 15 years or haven't won. And it seems like that year right. after you are done, you know, Miss USA is over, you know, that's just not in the cards for you now. Psychologically right. talk, talk about the last year and kind of what's what's been going on for you.
1: Oh my gosh, this, this, feels like I'm, I call it my detox year I like <laughs> <laughs> like that's so dramatic right like for people who aren't in the pageant <laughs> world they, they probably think that we're lunatics but um, no it, it really is because you're in a position where all eyes are on you everything you say or do is in some way judged. I mean, let's just be honest. Like everyone's like, I'm not judgmental, but you are, if you're, you know, if you do pageants and stuff, you, you think about your appearance, you think about what you're saying, you think about what you're wearing. Um, and for, to do that. And for me, it wasn't just a year. Some girls come straight into it, you know, and just compete in that. But I've been doing this for a decade. You know what I mean? Like this has been a kind of a little side career going on for me. So to not have that anymore. And for that to not be my focus, it has truly been a detox. And I'll encourage any contestant to have that moment with yourself, you know, not to be so focused on social media or so focused on like every hair being pinned in the right place. And, you know, all that stuff, like you need to have some time with yourself and reassess, you know, this is, I mean, you're kind of forced into it, but you're forced to reassess your life and reevaluate what's important to you. It can't be Miss USA anymore because that's not an option. <laughs> so what is important to you now? What does your life look like now that you're not going to be Miss Universe? You know.
0: Well, I have a feeling you could give some really good wisdom if that's the case. So now that you've gone through it, you're a year removed, mm-hmm. what's the one thing that you wish that you would have either known or done before pageant life ended for you?
1: Ooh. I think I already knew this, but until you're forced into the situation, you have to, you can't really face it. Um, I wish I would have known that life is like bigger than this bubble that we're kind of conditioned to live in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's like, especially for pageant girls, especially for models, especially, and you know, the entertainment industry, especially for entertainment industry, but it's like this bubble that you're kind of living in. And I wish I kind of had that, wisdom earlier on to know that life is so much bigger (laughs) than this bubble it's cool if you get to do photo shoots it's cool it's amazing if you win Miss Universe heck yeah like right on but at the same time like life and the world and you know just things that are going on is so much bigger and I wish I had someone or I wish I would have known myself to just think bigger you know, than just, like, I want a pretty, you know, a beautiful moment as Miss USA. I, you know, like, I want to think more impact now and more purpose now. And I wish I kind of would have started out with that, you know, a little heavier <laughs> going into it. But, yeah, you live and you learn.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I've had the unique perspective. I've watched 24 of you title holders that I've had the opportunity to crown go through this. And, you know, it really, mm-hmm. I think it really hit me last year when I watched you started going through it. And, I, you know, it's honestly yeah. your situation in particular. You individually are one of the biggest reasons that I decided to start doing this podcast and, and everything that I'm doing with this whole Life After oh. the Crown project because I, I hated to see it for you because all of you girls are so intelligent and beautiful and talented and have all these opportunities in front of you. And yet uh, the analogy that I always use is – It's like you're looking at the mountaintop, but you're forgetting that there's another side to the mountain and you don't know what's past that mountaintop. Is that kind of what it felt like?
1: Right. No, exactly. It's like, yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm glad you felt so sorry for me that you started this because it was hard. (laughs) And you know that. And we had so many conversations too. So thank you for being there for me. Well,
0: hey, and anybody that's listening, <laughs> honest, honest to God, <laughs> Megan was one of the first people who told me I should do something like this. So I do have to give you the credit. It's not yes. that I felt sorry for you, but I, but I feel sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you.
1: This is. I'm just so excited about this whole podcast. But um, yeah, man, like I and you told me that you literally told me that I want to say like maybe two weeks after Miss USA, you were like. There's so much more, like, you know, there's so much more even beyond what you can see right now. And it's, it's so much easier said than done. You know, everyone's like, you know, get over it, you know, prepare for the next goal or, you know, you did great. Focus on something greater. But it's hard when for 10 years you were like, I'm going to be in this universe. And, you know, God's like, no. So I had to <laughs> battle with that. and for me, And for me, like people, people may think that's so dramatic. Like, why would you talk to God about a pageant? Well, that was a huge part of my life. So I talked to God about everything and I battled with God with that for a long time. Like, this is what I want. And this ain't what you're really allowing to happen. Like what, what's next for me. And so you telling me that analogy actually helped me so much. So thank you and talking to me. Um, But yeah, a lot of girls don't see the other side of that mountain and it's, it's hard, but it's a journey. Don't think you're just going to wake up tomorrow morning and feel like back to yourself if this was something you really wanted, because it's a part of you that was forced to die. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So. Well, you know, and, and what you said, you know, the people might think you're crazy for, you know, praying to God about pageants. I mean, here, here's my thought on that, <laughs> you know, he puts mm-hmm. us all where we are for for reasons you know beyond our comprehension. But I'm always a big believer that you have to bloom where you're planted. And if you were planted in the pageant industry, yeah. then so be it. Then that's where your calling is, and that's exactly. where you, and and you obviously know, being a state title holder, you have a lot of influence when you're in that position. So it's not like you're you're nobody. Right, you're doing big right. things. No,
1: exactly. No, exactly. And I think people try and discount that because it is "quote unquote" a beauty pageant, you know. Like, but at the end of the day, some of the messages I was getting from teenage girls, some of the people I was influencing to like even stay in school and you know do things um, on an educational level, like I like I think it was something to, to bring to God's attention. Like, hey, God, <laughs> can we talk about this? Because it, it was so much bigger than just a crown and a sash, for sure.
0: Well, let's talk about that influence. There had to be. And I think you and I've talked about this before. Was there one particular situation that you remember distinctly as a title holder in which you really made a difference in the life of either maybe a young girl or just somebody else who looked up to you? Do you remember that one that sticks out to you that you're like, this is why I'm doing this?
1: Oh my gosh, so many you know, not to pat myself on the back, but so many moments <laughs> that <laughs> so many moments that people um said that I influenced or inspired them in some way, but I will say, Oh God, okay, so for the Miss for my year, Miss USA asked for us to kind of open up and share our story and kinda dig deep on what we kind of wanted to bring to the attention of people and I of course talked about my nursing degree and how my mother was such an influence in me staying in school and you know just trying to better myself and learn more but i also discussed how my how i watched my mother deal with you know the divorce of my father and you know whatever so i discussed that and i was actually invited to like a summit situation like a teen camp situation and a girl there was like oh my god like i am you don't understand how inspired i am that you shared your story like my parents are literally in the middle in the thick of a divorce right now and I'm like I I don't I can't get over it and so we have like a heart-to-heart like we talked it out and you know here I am this person in this position she's thinking my life is perfect she's thinking everything that I touch turns to gold (laughs) so to share with them um, on an eye-to-eye level and really show them like you can come from something that's not ideal and still make your life amazing um, she was really inspired and she was I don't know, she was just amazing and just so sweet. And she came up to me and just told me how much that meant to her. To see someone that not only was going through what she was going through, but that looked like her and was still doing big things, it meant a lot. So shout out to her. I won't call her name, but it was really, really impactful for me.
0: Well, that's super cool. And I I think that brings up a great point for those of you who are listening. You know, we live in this age and culture of social media where everybody presents their perfect life you know, on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And my encouragement to you is share the stuff that didn't go well in your life, because that is most likely what everybody else is going through. And if they can relate to you in that regard, that makes you real, that makes you inspiring, Mm -hmm. and that makes you somebody that they can look up to. So good for you, Megan, for doing that.
1: Thank you. Absolutely. Don't be afraid to share your story. Um, I think every I think God gave all a story for a reason and I don't think it was meant to just kind of hide in your back pocket and tuck away which is what I did for so long like I was embarrassed you know I was like this is not normal you know this isn't the way God designed families to be as complex and dynamic as mine was but I found the beauty in it and I just you know I I chopped it up too. I can use this story to inspire someone else and um that's what happened so don't be afraid to use the imperfections in your life for for helping others
0: sure well, let's switch gears a little bit. I mentioned in your bio that, you know, because of pageants, you've been able to do some modeling. You got some covers. You had mentioned that, you know, if you win Miss Universe, you know, you you can go on to have a great modeling career. You know, people like Olivia Culpo have done. Uh, but let's chat a little bit about modeling, because I, I I think there seems to be this disconnect professionally out there about modeling after Mm -hmm. pageants. Um, And what I mean by that is Mm -hmm. I think many women believe that modeling will be their, you know, their quote unquote career. And then many go on to find Mm -hmm. out the hard way that modeling, (laughs) it's not a viable (laughs) full-time career that can pay you consistently unless you're one of those top few. So, you know, has your, what has your experience been like and did you have any disillusions about what modeling was going to be for you after pageants?
1: I'm just going to start this conversation off by praise my mother for making me stay in school. (laughs) 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 When I was on the verge, honestly, when I learned about more about the Miss USA system, I was I did my research, like thoroughly did my research on past contenders who did well and contenders who didn't even place. I was just looking up every person. And I would say like 75 percent of them kind of dropped out of school to pursue this Miss USA thing full time. Right. Mm -hmm. A lot of them weren't doing school and Miss South Carolina or, you know, getting ready to graduate and being Miss California. You know, a lot of them made a choice and school, unfortunately, took the back burner. Um, but my mom was like, listen, if you, this is something you want to go after, I'm going to support you 100%, but I'm going to need you to finish this degree. Like, you know, I don't know what you need to do, but figure it out. You need to study and then go practice makeup. Like you can't choose right now. You need to just do both. Um, and in hindsight, I thank her so much for that because the reason I say all that is because I do have a passion for modeling and acting. It's been great. And there are some of those jobs that you hit the jackpot and you're like, wow, I only was here for two hours and made great. But then there are times when you're looking at your bills and you're looking at the jobs that you're bringing in and you're calling your agent like, hey, <laughs> something's not adding up. Like, I need more jobs. I need more work or whatever. Like, you know, and it just, for me, it was, it, I don't want to call it a hobby because some people really do do that full time and they're blessed in that field. But for me, it was not... um you use the perfect word, viable, for bills and for real life and for um every day. But it is something that I've been blessed to do on the side, so I want to keep it up for as long as I can. But, yeah, girls have a misconception like, oh, I was a state title holder, so now I'm going to go get signed, and now I'm just going to be making, you know, ten grand a day on this fabulous photo shoot working on the runways. And it's just like when I hear girls talk about that or even send me messages, I'm like, I don't even have enough words to tell you how that how how far that is from reality you know and and again it goes back to what you were saying about social media like they the models oh I say social media models Instagram models they present it to be this life like I just wake up and take pictures all day and I make a lot of money and I drive a Range Rover and my life is great you know like but it is for the real I'm talking about for the real models like the real people who are Going to go-sees and going to castings, and especially in a bigger city, it is a grind and it is a hustle. Like, just like you hustle to get that state title, um, you're going to have to hustle to, to make a name for yourself in the industry. I don't know. I was doing all that hustling and I was doing all that bustling and, um, I don't know, something just cu- tugged at my heart to, like, God was like, I really want you to use your nursing degree to help people. And, um, you know, kind of put the modeling as a hobby right now. And then we'll focus on it when we need to later. But (laughs) I had to kind of let it rest for a little bit because it just wasn't really making sense for my life.
0: Sure. I can only
1: talk about me. And
0: look, you know, for those those listening, I'm not saying this to deter anybody from chasing their dreams. I mean, if you really think you can go out there and get it and you do, more power to you. So proud of you. But I have seen way too many. Way too many people too hit many. that <laughs> shock and awe point of, I thought this was going to be my career and I'm not making any money. What do I do now? And I just, you know, it's like we're putting up the red flag ahead of time to say, hey, <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. So no, just be seriously. ready for it.
1: Seriously. And, and like and like you said, there are those beautiful women who it was just, it was their destiny. You know, it, it was just meant for them. They moved to New York or they moved to LA. They signed. And yes, they're working every day and they are doing it with big companies and they are able to pay their rent in their car note with no problem. That was not me. So (laughs) I had to make a decision. Um, And, and, you know, it's working out and I'm still being able to do it on the side, but definitely consider every factor before you just say, I'm moving to Miami and I'm going to be a bathing suit model and just put everything on the back burner. Because if you're just chasing after fame, you're just chasing after a lot of likes on social media. Even if you do make a good amount of money, it's empty. That industry is very empty. I'm just, putting it out there. So you're going to find yourself, you know, kind of chasing after something and kind of like that hamster on the little wheel. You're just chasing, chasing, chasing. So make sure you have a purpose. Make sure you, you kind of have a plan, <laughs> go ahead and do your research on the agencies and how you want to climb the ladder. Um, yeah. And have, have a well thought out plan. Don't just move to a big city because you're pretty. There's a lot of pretty people <laughs> in big <Yeah>. cities. <laughs> well, hey,
0: that, that's some great advice. And, and, you know, Megan, I think one of the yes. things I've always admired about you that a lot of the girls, uh, you know, don't necessarily have when they're done is that you, you know your purpose. Um, you and I have talked mm-hmm. and interviewed on stage in front of crowds quite a few times, and you've always had a consistent message um, of advice to yes. other people. Uh, if, if I recall it correctly, it's basically to have faith, to work hard, to always remain true to yourself yes. and, and everything else will fall yes. into place. So where does that come yes. from for you?
1: Oh, oh my gosh, so many things. So like like I was sharing with you, after Miss USA, I had to have, like, a, a moment of, like, truth. And with that, I couldn't come to that conclusion myself about, okay, God, what do I do next? I couldn't answer that for myself. Like, I had to dig deeper and go to God, the part, the one who created me. Like, okay, creator, like, you know, what did you put me here for? I know I just wasn't born on a whim because my parents wanted to have a baby. You know what I mean? Like I was created with a purpose and there are specific gifts and talents that you've given me. Um, And I want to know how to use them outside of just the entertainment industry. Like how can I help people with my gifts and talents, you know, in the way that you called me to do so. So I really prayed about it. So doing that and (laughs) let's just go ahead and be honest. The entertainment industry is not huge on spirituality, at least my experience, (laughs) people that I've met, no one talks about Jesus. No one talks about God. I know, right? Um, Look,
0: let's talk talk about that. I mean, you know, this is something that, as anybody who has listened to this podcast so far, can obviously tell that you're very open and honest publicly about your faith, about God. Um, You and I are both believers. Mm -hmm. Now, as you mentioned, in, in Hollywood, in the acting industry, in the entertainment industry, and really in today's world, you know, we've got this hot-button political culture where everybody, you know, gets offended by everything, and faith Mm -hmm. in particular has become more challenging than ever to be vocal about um, as as there, you know, there just is opposition to it out there. So how do you, as a public figure, and somebody who has been in front of big audiences before, go about Mm -hmm. the courage to to share your faith publicly?
1: Honestly, it's one of those things, like, the Bible talks about, you can't be lukewarm, either you're hot or cold. And if it's truly who you are as a person, at the core of who you are, if you know you, if you if know God created you, you know you believe and love him and he loves you and it's a great, you know, relationship, it may not be perfect, but God doesn't look for perfection. Um, if, if you know that at the core of yourself, it doesn't matter if you're watching TV or you're on TV, you know what I mean? Like you need to be consistent in that and pick a side. And I felt so convicted throughout my entire process of pageantry and modeling that I knew God was like, you need to stay true to yourself, (laughs) which is a part of my saying, stay true to yourself. And if you want to represent me, like do so, but don't play this little lukewarm game that people on social media or people in the limelight play. Like God was like, I felt very heavily convicted. Like, don't play with me like that. <laughs> so, uh, and I was just like, I took it very serious. Like, I'm not going to just come up to someone and throw the Bible at them because I'm still learning and growing myself. I'm nowhere near where I want to be in my walk with God, but I have made so much progress. And I just want to share that with other people and encourage them to do the same. And so I don't care if I'm on TV or, you know, like I said, whether I'm on the couch with my friends, just watching TV, like in some way, I want God to be represented. Um, and, you know, I want it to be done in a tasteful way and not just people kind of skirting around it. Like, that, to me, that's lukewarm. You know what I mean? Like, to me, Jesus wasn't lukewarm. He died on the cross. Like, it was done. You know, the purpose was fulfilled. And that was such a huge sacrifice. And I just take our relationship very serious. So if I don't talk about him, okay, cool. But we're not going to discuss it and skirt around it and be lukewarm about it. It's like, I picked a side and that's
0: just it. Well, you're so. one of the very few people that I can think of in the last, uh, I'll just take probably the last three years at the national competition, Miss USA, who, you know, on national television has been very open and vocal about your faith, about, you know, praying to God, about talking to God. When you did that, yeah. I, I remember, I think Julianne Huff was interviewing you and then Ashley Graham pulled you off stage, yeah. was interviewing you live on television <laughs> and you pulled it out. Did you, did you feel like they felt uncomfortable? when you were doing that?
1: In the moment, I did not. But when I looked back at the footage, I was like, did I make her feel uncomfortable? Cause that's <laughs> never the goal. Like, I'm not trying to be like, I'm not trying to be that, you know, religious girl from South Carolina, just, you know, over talking God, I'm not trying to be that girl. But it's it, he's, he lives in me. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I, I get excited talking about him and sharing his goodness with others. And so like I said, even when I was on TV, it, it was like, it wasn't even a second thought. That's just really who I am. I wasn't putting on a show. So when she asked me, like, hey, Miss South Carolina, Ashley Graham is so nice, by the way. Shout out to her. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, she is. She was like, you, you, just, you just made the top five. Like, Or, you know, you just, you just, no, your name has just been announced as a finalist. You're in the top ten. This was before I made the top five. And she said, okay, so where are you headed from here? Now, you know, most girls would have answered, hopefully I win Miss USA. Well, hopefully I'm headed to the top five. Or, you know, whatever, the competition. But for me, it was just like, whether I win or lose, like, I know God has a huge calling on my life. And, like, I'm just going to go wherever God wants me to go. And I said, wherever God wants me to go. <laughs> and, you know, I felt the audience applaud. And I was like, cool. And so, you know, the cameras turned off. And she was like, you know, you can go on back and change. And when I looked back at the footage, I saw her face kind of, like, drop a little bit. And I was like, no, <laughs> Go to commercial. <laughs> I was like, no, Ashley, did I do something to offend you. Um, But no, it wasn't, I wasn't trying to be overly religious. It just kind of came up and out because that is what's inside of me. And I truly wanted to do what God wanted me to do in that moment. And whether he had me winning or, you know, not, I knew that his purpose was going to be fulfilled that night. So when she asked, where are you headed from here? I was like, perfect. I'm going wherever God wants me to go. We all should be striving for that. You know what I mean? But some people received it and I did get some messages like, did you think that was inappropriate? And again, it's like I picked a side, and I'm and I'm convicted to stick with it, and I don't think it was inappropriate. So
0: well, I I, I for one <laughs> admire your courage for it, and uh, you know, hats off to you for for being that girl because I think it's important in today's world that you know whether you agree with me and you're listening or not, I, I you know, one hundred percent am for what Megan Gordon has done. So good for you.
1: I think after we talked we had talked about that after the pageant and you were like commercial break her face was just like
0: commercial break Uh, I I did laugh because I looked at her and she literally was like okay back to you guys backstage I mean she was like gone like done as soon as you said God it was over I was like I just started laughing I'm like wow this is something she literally
1: was like "All right, back to you here I was like okay (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> well, hey, let's talk about nursing because I know that's what you're doing professionally now. You know, you're a year removed and you have gone into profession. Now, what's interesting about nursing, um, it, this is a really popular career field that uh, pageant contestants go into. I did a four-state survey across, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, Louisiana. Nursing was mm-hmm. actually the fourth most popular career uh, to pursue, which which actually surprised Ooh. me. So, you know, you talk about wow. your purpose being to serve others. So how did nursing mm-hmm. become your field of choice?
1: You know, I, I want, like you said, I wanted to serve others and I wanted to do so in a, in a way that was truly helping the world become a better place. And what better way to do that than to actually help heal people, you know, heal people and comfort families in their time of need. And um, I started out in pediatrics where I was working with um, a lot of kids who had anemia problems and blood disorders. And now I'm in a cardiac floor where I'm working with people who just came out of heart surgery. Um, you know, some people make it, some people don't. And I'm the first face they see families to comfort them or to, you know, be excited that they made it. And we're going to go to um, progression, you know, of the of healing. So for me, that is so impactful. And, nursing kind of came to me when my mother when my grandmother was um, diagnosed with lung cancer so when she was going through that whole process we all as family members we we came together to help her you know and to help her we knew that it wasn't going to um, end with her living but we wanted her last few days to be very comforting and when I was when I would go and help her and talk to her and do what the doctor told her to do while she was at home I was like I think I want to do this. Like, and I even told my grandmother, I was like, I think I like want to do this full time. And she was like, you should, you should, you're really good at it. You should. (laughs) And so that's kind of what encouraged me um, to go forward. Of course it was challenging. Of course, like I already shared with you guys, I wanted to give up, like, especially after winning Miss South Carolina USA, you're just thinking like, oh my gosh, okay, I don't have to do school anymore. I'm Miss South Carolina. But um, no, I was really, I felt, I kind of called back to the spiritual thing. <laughs> I felt called to um, to complete my nursing degree and to actually be that nurse that wasn't just there for a paycheck that wasn't just there because it looks good on a resume. Oh, I have a bachelor's degree in nursing. No, I was, I felt called to actually be there for that patient and their family because no one wants to be in the hospital. <laughs> like it's not a, des- a you know, desirable destination. So when people are there, yes, we all have smiles on our faces and we're all trying to make the best of the day, but um, you know, no one wants to be there. And so I think it's really important to have people in the healthcare industry that actually are called and have a, a heart for these patients and their families. So I'm excited to be on the new floor with the cardiac and to be helping people like every day.
0: <laughs> what really connected you with, you know, saying yeah, there's hundreds of specializations that you can obviously go into in the medical field. What Why did you yeah. choose pediatrics?
1: Well, I love pediatrics starting out because I love kids. <laughs> I adore kids. I think they're just the perfect little humans. But um, I really and I really was interested in how their bodies. Um, this is kind of me geeking out being a nerd about medications, but I was interested about how their bodies, um, responded to certain medications and different treatments versus adults. So um, I really studied it and I went into it. And then an opportunity came up to be in cardiac to help with people who have heart problems and shortness of breath and need surgery. And I was interested in that too. So I did my research on that and that's where I'm at now. So I'm, I'm no longer helping um, in pediatrics right now, but I do want to return one day because those kids are, man, it was
0: awesome. So now that you're going into the cardiac division, talk about like what what's a day in the life look f- like for you when you go to work? Um, you know, because I think there's a lot of girls who are going into nursing thinking, well, what do I actually do on a daily basis? What's it going to look like when I'm you know getting paid and doing a full time career?
1: You know what? I thought about making like a little YouTube video about this
0: because so many people <laughs> ask me that.
1: But um, no, okay. So you're going to walk in. Um, You're going to, well, we'll skip all of the charting and stuff for the computers, but you're going to assess your patient. So you come in and introduce yourself, kind of like a pageant. So you're going to come in, except you're not going to say your state title, your name, (laughs) and you're going to assess your patient. So so your stethoscope is not just an accessory. um, You actually need to use it, know how to use it, um, listen to their heart sounds, obviously on the cardiac floor, assess their legs their whole body, really, and see if they're alert and oriented. Some patients come in and they don't even know where they are, and you're like, okay, let me tell you where you are. Some patients, after surgery, can't remember their name. Let me reorient you. Let me tell you your name. I mean, literally, you're helping these people from ground zero, like, literally um, build themselves back up. And from there, you are making your rounds with medications. Oh, medications. Don't we love those? Oh, yes. Um, And so, we're doing that. And just throughout the entire shift, you're just assessing your patient. And for me, I'm trying to keep them alive. Like, please, you're going to make it through this, um, through this day and you're going to be okay. And I'm, and honestly, the patient asked me to pray for them actually this week. And at first I was caught off guard because it's just so unprofessional, you know, like it's not just the entertainment industry that no one really talks about God. Like it's nursing too. (laughs) I'm realizing like, they want you to be professional and like, you're at a hospital, you're, you know, you're a professional, we're not going to talk about spirituality. Well, newsflash, like God lives in all of us. And for me, if someone is asking me, like I said, I'm not going to just walk up to someone and throw the Bible at them. But if they bring it up to me, I feel like that is appropriate. And I think, (laughs) you know, they have requested it. So at my patient's request, you know, we definitely have like a prayer time and like, you know, they just pray for healing for their bodies. I mean, after a major surgery, like, yeah, I would, I would hope someone was praying for me too. So we prayed and, um, yeah, sometimes it gets real. Sometimes it's outside of like the professional, like I have a degree, let me be perfect and, and professional. Like sometimes these patients are like, you know, thank you for your, for your, you know, professionalism, but I need someone to pray for me right now. Like I just had open heart surgery. I need prayer. Like, I can't breathe. I need someone to pray for me. So yeah, it gets real. <laughs> but again, when you're called to something and when you, when God is with you in a situation, like you, you will be good for all of my future nurses out there thinking about going into it.
0: <laughs> well, and speaking of getting real, uh, you know, as much as nursing is all about helping people and doing everything you can, I, I imagine you probably deal with death quite often. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. 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 What's that like? Um, Oh gosh, Tim. It's surreal. It's like you're talking to this person, like full on conversations and everything. And it makes you, oh my gosh, it makes me think of that scripture. um, Life to God is like a vapor. One minute you're here, the next minute you're gone. Mm -hmm. So literally you're talking to this patient conversation, you know, everything's going good, but bodies are so funny and bodies respond to surgeries and medications so differently and quickly it's kind of scary um and the next minute you're going in the room and you see them declining you know you see the health deteriorating like okay this person is something's not right and as a nurse you'll have that intuition you'll have that moment where you're like something just isn't right i don't know what it is i don't know what you would call it but something isn't right you go and call your other you know colleagues like hey can you guys come and assess her too something just doesn't feel right and in the next moment they're on a full on code you know what i mean and then unfortunately, sometimes you lose them. Sometimes they go to the ICU and they come back. But I have had a situation, several, um, where I'm in a situation where we, they, we we can't get them back. I'm like getting lost for words. But um, because it's just so surreal, like life is really a vapor. It really is. Like it's like, you hear one, you're here one minute and you're gone the next. And it, every time it happens, I think for me, a lot of nurses do get kind of immune, like, oh, this happens every day. But for me, it's I can't get immune to it because that's someone's life. Like I look at it like that's someone's mother, you know, that's someone's aunt, that's someone's wife. And I don't know, I get emotional even talking about it.
0: Why well, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure it makes you appreciate life a little bit more.
1: Absolutely. And to all the girls listening, like your life is so precious and it's I know it's so cliche. But your life is so short. And I don't want you or anyone else to get caught up on, oh, my gosh, my hair and makeup is not perfect or I didn't win my state title. So, you know, I'm you know, I'm I'm, I don't have a purpose because you do. And because life is so short, I don't want you or myself to waste any time on finding that purpose and fulfilling it when I see these patients who they don't, they, you know, when they wake up in the morning, they don't expect to go to, to have uh, heart complications. You know, no one wakes up and says, I really want to go to the hospital today. Let me see what I can do to get in there. <laughs> most people, you know, no one does that. So when they're there, they already don't want to be there and no one wakes up and says, I'm going to die today. You know, I'm going to die today. This is it. Some people know, but for the most part, people don't know when they're going to die. And so to lose these patients and their kids and their family members come in and are really distraught and just very upset about it. It makes me, it shows me and reminds me just to appreciate life so much. And to, and every time I reassess like, okay, woo, before my time is here to go on, um, what do I need to do while I'm here? While I have the health and the energy and the resources to do it, what can I do now? And it's so funny. I was talking to one of my patients. She's like, she was 80. She did end up passing, but she was telling me, you know, she asked me my age, and I told her, you know, I'm mid-20s or whatever. We were just talking. She's like, man, what I would have done to be back. She's like, not even my 20s, but, like, mid-age. If I could go back to my 40s and, or my, even my 50s, just what I would have done. And, gosh, I could cry thinking about that conversation, but she was just telling me all the things she would have done, everything, everywhere she would have gone, um, the things she would have said to people when she had the opportunity. And she said, now that I'm, like, 90, you know, 85, 90s, I I can't, you know, I don't have those moments anymore. So she pretty much encouraged me to live it up and like do what God has called you to do. You know, she was also a believer. So that was a great conversation. But yeah, this, this career definitely brings things into perspective and has taught me so much outside of the college books and the nursing techniques they teach you. You learn so much about life and you appreciate it so much.
0: Well, and everything you just said, I mean, we can bring that full circle back to what we were originally talking about is there is there is this humongous life after you're done yes, with the crown.
1: absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want girls to get caught up in just this one moment. If there's anything my patients have taught me, like I said, was to appreciate life. So this moment, yes, it, it, it hurts. It sucks. Like, oh, man, I didn't win Miss USA. My dream was to be Miss Universe you know, I don't, ha- I don't have anything to look forward to now. But this moment will pass. And and God has something so incredible for you. The fact that you're still living, you're still full of energy and, and-, and gifts um, that he's given you. It's time for you to do some soul searching, like I had to do with Tim. <laughs> it's time for you to kind of get into why you're here.
0: Well, look, you know this, but you have been a, a huge part of helping me to build this thing and helping me to understand that the psyche, of girls like you, you know, who have gone through the experience and been part of it. So number one, thank you to you for, for helping me. But I think, you know, what you have shared today, um, I I guarantee you, you've opened a lot of eyes in many regards. You know what it's like to compete at Miss USA, what it's like to share your faith, what it's like to try and be a model when you're done, what it's like to go into nursing. I mean, what a wealth of just really cool thoughts and advice to to share with people. So thanks for doing that.
1: Thank you so much. Wow, this has been therapeutic. Talking
0: about all this. (laughs) I'm sorry to get you all emotional here for the podcast. I apologize. No, no, it's fine. It's fine.
1: It's just life. Life is a lot deeper than. The surface um, that the industry tries to tell you that it is, so dig deep and get to that purpose and that calling and you know if you want to do a pageant if you want to be a model if you want to be an actress you know go after it have fun, but just know that you know there's a purpose um, and just find what what that's supposed to be connected to and yeah,
0: go after it. Well, hey, no doubt you're going to be a part of this life after the crown thing uh, much more in the future. (gasps) Uh, And, you know, as many people know behind the scenes, I'm working on a lot that's going to be coming out here over the next year or two. So I'm excited to have you as part of that. So thanks for the time today and really appreciate you doing this.
1: Of course. Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: That is today's episode. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast. You can do so on Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, the podcast app, Google Play, or you can just go to lifeafterthecrown.com. And by the way, if you're still involved in the pageant world and you're wondering, well, what is Life After the Crown going to look like for me and how do I prepare for it? Well, I highly encourage you to download my free Life After the Crown starter guide. It's a quick read. It's going to give you a great blueprint on how to start planning now and not when it's all over. So to get it, just go to timtialdo.com slash starter guide and you can get it there for free. And for weekly podcast updates, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at timtialdo. Until next time, remember the words of 1 Timothy one eight. It's true that moral guidance and counsel need to be given, but the way you say it and to whom you say it are as important as what you say. Until next time, dream big, set your goals, and start taking action toward them today. Have a great week, everybody.